Hey, it's Dr. Whitney. I'm an author, a coach, and a mama to two growing girls. Yep, I do it all. Well, actually, that's not true. I used to do it all. Now, I only really do the things that matter most to me. If that feels too good to be true, it's not. Here's the thing. Before I became a mom, I was totally thrilled with the idea of doing everything and being everything to everyone. I was told that if I just kept swimming, everything would work out fine. But I was dead wrong. Hustle culture, perfectionism, and the endless hamster wheel of work mom life weighed me down. That feeling of never giving enough but having absolutely no more to give brought me to my knees. My first daughter, who was diagnosed with autism this year, was an endless well of needs. My relationship with my husband was full of more resentment than love. Our second daughter felt left in the dust and told me one day she thought I didn't love her. But I couldn't get off the roller coaster of my working mom life. I was heartbroken, but I was also exhausted and hardly ever the joyful present mom or career woman I always thought I'd be. Making time for activities that fed my soul on a regular basis? <laughs> what time for that? And as a result, I wasn't as effective at my job. I didn't show up as my best self at the office. My performance suffered at home and at work. Do you identify with that? To feeling completely overwhelmed and overworked? To drowning in mental clutter and a sea of stress? To wishing you had more to give at the office and at home? That was me burnt out and ready to call it quits until I decided I couldn't juggle that demand, those heavy burdens of life, of motherhood in the workplace without a sustainable system I could use to get off and stay off the hamster wheel. So I created a framework that worked for me, but also for all the other caregivers I connect with in my clinic and online. And now I coach career-focused caregivers to organize their stress and clear their mental clutter so they can live purposeful, aligned lives. I help overwhelmed moms get off the work-life home hamster wheel so they can be the parents, partners, people, and professionals they always dreamed they'd be. Are you ready to live a more joyful, productive, and mentally uncluttered life? To give more without draining yourself? To spend your time, energy, and focus on what matters most to you so you can thrive and everyone around you can too? Then go to modernmommydoc.com and click on coaching so you can be part of the momversation. Welcome to the Modern Mommy Doc Podcast. I'm Dr. Whitney Caceres. I'm a full time pediatrician and a full time modern mom. I speak and write about equipping mamas to raise resilient, healthy children and to invest in their own social-emotional health along the way. Each week, we'll give you the practical tools you need to win at parenting without losing yourself. Welcome back to the Modern Mommy Doc Podcast. I am Dr. Whitney, your host, and today I'm here with Karen Reardans, 
Director of Editorial and Brand for Babylist. Karen, welcome to the show. Thank you. Hi, it's so nice to be here. So we're going to talk today about all things baby gear, about all things, what are the must-haves that people really need when they have young babies and children. But we're also going to talk about supporting moms and dads, caregivers, on their journey when they have little ones. And I know that Baby List is all about that in addition to providing suggestions for things that people can buy or ask to be gifted or mm-hmm. put on baby registries or all those all those good things. So Karen, as we start out, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us about who you are and kind of your journey toward being in this position and kind of what you do at Baby List. Mm-hmm. Sure. So I um, come from a career of journalism. I worked at the San Francisco Chronicle in San Francisco for many years on the digital side, learned a lot, have a deep love of providing people with service content. So I worked in the lifestyle departments, but still it was like, how do you spend your time? How do you spend your money? Like, how do you really like, how do we help like people? And I loved it. And then I got kind of burnt out on the 24-hour news cycle. It's really exhausting. You're working really long hours. The media business is a tough business to be in, too. Just from like a financial standpoint, we had lots of layoffs, et cetera. And so I'm also a mom. And I think my daughter, I'm trying to think how old she was when I moved positions, I think she was about six. And so I was commuting into the city, and it was just a lot. And so I was kind of like, okay, what? where else can I go? What can I do? And also, I'd been doing it for a long time. So I sort of bounced around to a few different marketing roles that were more general marketing roles, and just wasn't quite the thing for me. And I really missed that sort of service aspect of really helping people with content. And I found Babylist. And it was a really perfect spot to sort of reset. It's a brand, but it's a brand that really has a deep respect for content, for content's sake, for really like service journalism, really helping people. And so it was really exciting. It was a very, very small team in general of Babylist at the time, but an even smaller content team. And we were really able to build sort of what that looked like and the brand voice and our mission. And that's really to create content to help people. Obviously it has business, you know, objectives Uh and all of that. But at the end of the day, it's really helping serve this audience of new and expecting parents. And they really like need guidance. And there's a lot of content out there. Some of it is noisy. Some of it is very like, we want you to buy things. Some of it is like, we have a very strong point of view that might be like, make you feel bad about yourself or your decisions. And so we really wanted to put forward medically accurate, medical-based content product guidance that is really about you and your decisions and arming you with like, here are the facts, here are the things that you need to know, and then you can make the decision that's right for your family, whether it's, you know, a decision to how to feed your baby or whether it's what stroller to bite. Okay. So first of all, I can totally appreciate what you're talking about in terms of career shifts or changes for myself. That's how I feel about my job as a physician, that mm-hmm. there's there's just this like rigmarole of like over and over and over again. It's like, of course, illnesses never stop. People never stop growing <laughs> up and needing care, right? And so you just feel like over and over and over. And when I found Modern Mommy Doc, I found like, oh my gosh, I'm getting to actually dive a little deeper and feel like I do deep work every single day that really matters. So I still love seeing patients, but this part of my life just feeds me so much. So I can appreciate you as you moved over to baby list, wanting to be in that space where you're like, hold on, let's just like pause for a second and think 
think about what would be really useful to people as opposed right. to what do they need to know right now. <laughs> yeah, or chasing page views or like writing about a Kardashian, which, you know, love them, but it's a lot. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Speaking of, I digress. I have to on this. I, everybody I'm sure has, if you have an Apple phone, you have the Apple news feed that comes on. I swear I have clicked on way too many Kardashian stories because now my entire top stories is just filled with Kardashian stuff. You're like, what have I done? (laughs) And I keep on clicking on it now. So now it's just like self-fulfilling prophecy. Here it comes again. Anywho, I digress. The other piece that I'm so interested in knowing about is you talked about making baby list recommendations, making sure that they're medically accurate, making sure that they're actually going to be helpful for people, but people don't end up spending their money or getting gifts on things that actually are going to be harmful to a baby or that won't actually work. What's the process you all go through to make sure that happens? Is there like a research process? Cause there's lots of stuff on the internet. Like people could find a list of things to buy anywhere yes. and everywhere. Totally. Yes. So from a gear and product perspective, We have a team of editors. Our gear editor is, she's amazing. She's a mom of two. She she always says, my, uh, my, my husband's getting a little upset because the the garage is filled with strollers and car seats and like things like that. So she's constantly Mm -hmm. getting new products to test, really testing them out, giving them to friends, different lifestyles, different kinds of families. And so, and takes all of that. And then does a lot of research, does user reviews. We also do user surveys of our own audience annually to get their feedback on what their favorite products are and why. Um, oh. So we're kind of taking in all of this different thing. Then we have data of what people are registering for, what people are buying, what is on registries. And so we kind of take all of that and then make our product recommendations. Something like car seats, strollers, baby monitors, carriers, these heavier decision items, we do a lot mm-hmm. more research. On baby clothes are like maybe a lower lift because sure. we want cute stuff, and as long as they're safe, like that's all that matters, and they're regulated. So, so that's kind of our process for guides, for gear guides, and product guides. And then from more of our health and wellness content, we talk to doctors, we talk to experts, we include that in there. We cite medical research within the articles, so that, and we try to give like a balanced point of view. Like we're not saying if you do X, you're a terrible parent or you're, you're doing like doing, sure, of course. but it, here's the, here are the pros and cons of these different things. And now you're armed with the decision to either go talk to your doctor or your healthcare provider or to make the decision yourself. Yeah. That really matters because I'm always torn. I love that we're living in a world where Everybody gets to have an opinion where people can be self-advocates, that people can make choices. I hate the idea of paternalistic medicine. I think we did a lot of harm to people with that. And at the same time, I think sometimes what gets lost when it's a free-for-all on the internet or on like social media friend groups is chat groups, is that like there's no standard by which to judge a product, to judge gear, to judge something medically. So I love the idea of you all putting out content that says like, at least there might be some cons you need to consider, or Mm -hmm. like, here are the pros you can consider. And then yes, please, please, please come talk with us at at your doctor's office at the pediatrician's office. The American Academy of Pediatrics puts out a lot of information about recalls to us. Mm -hmm. So we hear about that first. Mm -hmm. 
We also hear about when they say like policy changes where they don't want people using certain types of gear. The rock and play was a good example of that, that, you know, for a while, everybody was using rock and play. I use rock and play with my kids. And then we had to tell everybody really quickly, okay, do not do that. Because at this point, you know, the American Academy has said, please don't. I think the sleep space is really so confusing for parents. It's such a visceral time. You know, when you have this new baby, no one's sleeping, no one understands one another. You're like, I have this baby. I don't know what to do. I've just been through this. If you gave birth, you just went through this like very large life change and physical experience. You're exhausted, you're hormonal, and you're really desperate. You're just like, I just want my baby to sleep. And so I think that people, there are all these products on the market like the rock and play that are like, oh, it's the it's the the magic bullet. It's the the thing that's going to do it. And it's like, oh, but then there are these safety issues. And I think like we see that a lot with some of the recall, not necessarily, they're not recalls, but just sort of the safety guidance coming out now where it's very confusing for parents. I think they're like, mm-hmm. I do, is it okay for my baby to sleep in the car seat? Like, what if they fall asleep? Like all of these things I think is very confusing to a new parent. And you're like, what how do I weigh that I really need, really need to get some sleep versus the baby safety? And we're always, I mean, we take it really seriously. We have safe sleep guidelines within our own organization, but it's like at the same time, you know, the baby's going to fall asleep on you or the baby's going to fall asleep in the car seat. And so like, how do you, we want to be able to present that information to people where it's like, here are the guidelines. If, if this happens, you know, wake up, move them to the, to the bassinet or the crib. Mm -hmm. And, um, but you don't want to make people feel judged or guilty for things that they do, but you really want to arm them with the decision-making and feel empowered to make the decisions for themselves. Yeah, for sure. You know, one thing that I always remind parents, speaking of sleep, because I think it's important for us just to dive into this for a second, because of all the baby care spaces, it feels like outside of decor and clothes and things that are Mm -hmm. cute, this is the space where people tend to spend a lot of money and they tend to worry a lot. I know that I worried a ton. I mean, I spent so much time on Amazon, like searching through, like there must be, like you said, some magic bullet that I'm missing, you know, for my baby. So a couple things. One, I always like to remind parents that it was not evolutionarily the way that it is now. Like, Mm -hmm thousands and thousands of years ago, right? Even hundreds of years ago, we all slept with our babies. We slept in like a hut in one room together. And there were children that died in that situation. So we don't recommend, but everybody slept a lot better. And we didn't have the same decisions that we have to make now back then when everyone was sleeping in that really cozy way. So it makes sense that sleep is difficult as our bodies are evolutionarily like wired to be connected to our babies mm-hmm. 24-7, basically, in that fourth trimester after they're born. So that makes sense. The other thing I tell people is separating out your sleep needs from your baby's sleep needs is one of the most important things you can do. So, mm-hmm. you know, used to be the old adage was like, sleep when your baby sleeps. And that works for some people, but for a lot of people, it's like, Find someone else to take care of your baby when they are awake, when you need to sleep so that that way you get the rest you need. And you don't have this expectation on your infant who is not developmentally ready to actually sleep for the extended periods of time that you hope and wish and pray and see in social media you know, yeah. that, that they're doing. Cause a lot of that's just not, they're like unicorn babies <laughs> oh, okay. or that the, you, it's like, yeah, Instagram versus reality. Also like how much of that is accurate and a real representation of how babies actually sleeping. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think that that's, uh, I'm 100% in line with what you're saying, particularly around like prioritizing yourself in that time. I think in general with motherhood and parenthood, like making sure that you are still, you're still a person and you're still your own person. And like you change so much during parenthood for many different ways. But at the end of the day, you're still your own person and you still have your own interests and you still have your own needs and priorities. And like, if you're not taking care of you and not just your sleep, but you as a whole person, you're not giving like the best, you're not, you're not taking care of your baby. You know, you really have to like prioritize yourself in certain ways and it feels selfish and it feels like, but I've, I, you know, I'm here to care for this new human. And it's like, yeah, but you need to care for you too, or, or ask for help or find people who will also help care for you. Mama, it is here and available for download. It's the new Modern Mamas Club app. We are so ready to join you on your personal journey from conflicted to centered. We want to take you on an evidence-based path from feeling conflicted all the time, from feeling pulled in all kinds of directions, from feeling burnt out to feeling really purposeful and aligned. As you move through your working motherhood experience, no matter what is happening around you. So go check it out in the App Store. You have a lot of content about that on Baby List as well, right? I mean, you have content that's about the gear itself, the products themselves, but then also on supporting parents and and giving information about kind of what's normal and what's not for babies as well. Yes, definitely. We obviously the core and product guides are sort of our bread and butter as a, like a registry company, but we're definitely have a lot of content to help support people in their, if they're pregnant in their pregnancy journey, the fourth trimester, we're building out a ton of content around that. And then we're expanding into parenting content. So for at least through two years to really help support both the parent in that journey, but understanding what's happening with your baby, what questions to ask, and then what to look for, both from a product guidance, but also from a like a mental health perspective too. I love that. And of course, you guys can head to modernmommydoc.com for more of that from us too, for all of the self-care info <laughs> from babyhood, but beyond. So I want to hear from you because you've been doing this for a while and <laughs> you're the expert at it. Are there certain products that you all see parents gravitating toward that you're like, oh my gosh, this is such a huge waste of money, either like a category or things that you find that people really are like, oh my gosh, I want to spend money on this, but it, it doesn't matter. And then vice versa. What are the things that you find that are so helpful to parents that again and again and again, you're including on your list? Mm-hmm. We talk about this a lot and be, uh, particularly around the like, what is a waste of money? And it's so funny because one person's like, we always bring up like wipes warmers. One Ooh. person's wipe warmer is like another person's, oh my God, I couldn't have lived without it. Like my baby would cry every time there was a cold thing. So it's like, it is a very, it's a very individual thing. This is a super unpopular opinion amongst the baby list crowd. I could never get the hang of a, a breastfeeding pillow. I just could not. I was like, I don't understand this. Yeah. 
everyone else on the baby list staff, it's like among their top five, they're like, we need, th- you need two, you need one for like all these different areas. And so it just really goes to show like how individual those things are. Yeah. So from that perspective, I think it's really like, you know, you get what you, 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 you decide what you want from a tried and true. I think we, Things in the early stages, I think swaddles are amazing. There are many different kinds out there. I, as a parent, could never really get the hang of the muslin swaddles. Like, I couldn't figure out how to wrap them myself. Me either. Um, Me either. (laughs) (laughs) What is happening? Why can't I do it? And so, but there are a ton of two-in-one outs there out there that are just like, oh, you just make them so cozy. And then you get the uh, amazing post swaddle like baby stretch which is like just the cutest thing in the world I think that those are amazing I think that there are a lot of really sort of tried and true brands out there I think particularly in like the car seat space where you can get a ton of like really good affordable safe car seats I think there's like Carter's clothing is amazing something that you can just like it's affordable it's cute they have like bodysuits with two-way zippers, which make things so much easier for diaper changing. They're soft. You can wash them a ton. This is like the most boring answer ever, but. No, it's good. My, my <laughs> husband was, okay, the, the zipper thing made it into my book. That made it into my first book. I, my husband was like, we are not doing anything that has snaps. No snaps. There will be no snaps in this house unless it's a onesie and on the bottom, you know, once they get a little bigger. But in the very beginning when they're infants, no, it's all about the two-way zipper little, little outfits. (laughs) That's where it's at. Love this cute little outfit. And then you're like two in the morning and you're, you're uh, snapping things. You're like, no, this is not right. Yeah, exactly. You know, the other big thing I would tell people, and I'm sure you'd agree with this, is when you're going out with your baby and in general, like less is sometimes more. I remember the first time we went out to lunch, it was after my baby's like checkup at the office. I think she was like a week old or something. And we went out to lunch and I had a travel breastfeeding pillow to your point about those sometimes being tricky. I had like a full diaper bag. I think I had like a little mini like hand pump. I mean, I had so many things from the car into (laughs) the restaurant and it just made it actually even more difficult to be there, like uncomfortable and difficult and like couldn't find my things. And so I've learned over time to minimize as much as possible and, you know, store that stuff at your house for sure, but just be selective about what you're bringing out with you because the more you're carting around usually in big bulky ways, the more difficult that it can be. And it also makes it stressful for you too, I would imagine, you know, having all of those things feeling like, oh, what what do I need? I need all of these things. It's like, are you, are you going to pump at lunch? Are you, do you need three different like things? Are you... (laughs) Yeah, just have all this like stuff. Like babies come with a lot of stuff, and so just like thinking about taking that to a restaurant is like, ooh, that's a lot. Already, yeah. like out with baby for the first time is yes. Big- now I saw you live in Alameda, California, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Awesome. I'm from the Bay Area as well, and I have always lived West Coast or East Coast. I went to medical school on the East Coast, and so I wonder also, do you all see differences in terms of what people are into? Like when people are bi-coastal or when they're in central, you know, U.S., have you seen stuff depending on if people are more in like urban settings versus Mm -hmm. like less urban settings? What's been the difference there? 
Definitely. We see some like brand differentiation on East Coast versus West Coast. Some that we think like, because we're, we started as a West Coast based Oakland uh, Bay Area company, and now we're remote, but we still have a, a small headquarters in Oakland. But so from a West Coast perspective, we're always like, oh, I never see that brand. And then we'd go to New York and you just see them everywhere. So definitely like a brand differential differentiation. And then I think, too, from an urban versus less urban setting, we definitely see that. So we see lightweight strollers, baby carriers, things like that in urban settings where you are almost using your like your stroller as a car in certain mm-hmm. ways, like basket so you can go to the local store and fill up on groceries, things like that where you're, you know, they are the thing. You also want a lightweight if you're in a like a walk-up apartment. And storage is definitely something minimalist like small spaces, high chairs that fold really easily, strollers that fold really easily that you can store places or self-standing folds. And then from a more suburban area, you see things where people are, you know, jogging strollers and bigger strollers where it's not as, it doesn't matter, like they can put it in the garage or they just store it in the back of the car. But obviously it's like folds are still important. And then just like terrain too, people, you know, use them in different settings. So yeah, we definitely see that. And then obviously like clothes, you know, winter clothes, uh, stroller accessories, your winter muffs, things like that, that if you're like out in very cold weather, um, as opposed to like Southern or Northern California, where even if it's, you know, I'm complaining that it's like 48 here today. And (laughs) (laughs) I think it's 30 something here. We moved to a new house. And I was telling you before we, we started recording this, we moved to a new house. I'm in my office and literally my toes right now are like little popsicles. And as I walked my kids to school today, it's like a five extra blocks or something like that to walk them to school. And by the time I got there, I'm like, oh no, I have to gear up. Like, this is not going to work. I used to just slap over in my Uggs. Like, not not going to happen anymore. <laughs> so. Awesome. Well, Karen, I think this has been amazing. I think a lot of people, actually myself included, really probably didn't know how vast a resource or how broad a resource baby list was and how you all are providing more support, but then also I think how like intense you are about trying to make sure that the content is actually really helpful and that it's well-researched and that it's safe Mm -hmm. for parents. Because like I said, there's so many sites out there. So we want to make sure that people are going to sites that are actually going to be reputable and Mm -hmm. provide them with helpful recommendations versus just ways to squander money. Yes, I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So thank you for being here. How can people find more about BabyList? How can they get on the registries? Like how, how does it work in terms of them accessing all the information that you have? Sure. So anyone can access the content information. You don't have to have a baby registry. You can Google best car seats and we come up. If you want to create a baby list registry, you can go to babylist.com and sign up there and create your registry. We have amazing emails that are both for the expecting parent and the new parent audiences full of lots of great information that really helps meet them at the moment that they're in, the stage of life that they're in. You can follow us on social. We have an amazing TikTok with tons of like really fun, entertaining product information, also like emotional content that makes you laugh, makes you cry. Um, So there's some really good outlets. We also have the BabyList app, which if you have a registry, you can do a lot of research and adding to things through that. 
Awesome. All right. Thank you so much for being here. And you guys go head over to babylist.com or check them out on social. Until next time. Hey, Mama. If you want more of the Modern Mommy Doc podcast, make sure that you click subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. We'd also be so honored if you shared with your friends and on social media with the hashtag Modern Mommy Doc. If you share about something that inspired you or that you learned from the podcast, we'll be sure to share it on our social media as well. Thanks for listening.